This is Sam Pierce, and you are listening to The Football Pod, conveniently found at thefootballpod.com. It's Thursday afternoon, November 9th, 2017, and we need to get you guys some NFL picks. We normally record Monday nights, and we did that this week, but we focused on college football entirely. So we needed to give you an extra mini-pod this week. Mini-pod, I don't know if that's a word, but we need to give you an extra one this week to get you our NFL picks. You can go to our website, as usual, and get all sorts of commentary and analysis about the games this weekend. That's at thefootballpod.com. And the link for the NFL picks is right at the top of the webpage next to the college picks column. But I thought we'd do a second podcast this week since we didn't give you any NFL commentary in the first one. And that way, if you're used to listening in the car at work or whatever and just want to hear about NFL, then uh, we'll, we'll get this to you in time for the weekend. But first... Very quickly, I need to tell you about where I record these podcasts. I do it from an awesome studio at Syracuse Technologies. These guys set up the studio for me, help me with the podcast production, pushing it to the web, also hosting and managing our website content, which is where you can always go to get my picks because I don't have, uh, I don't have to worry about keeping the website online, managing servers, anything like, anything like that. They do all of it for me, and they can help you guys and girls too. They provide IT services to businesses of all sizes. So whatever your technology needs are, you can call Syracuse Technologies for solutions. They are a certified Microsoft partner. So ask them about things like Office 365, SharePoint, all that stuff. Or talk to them about how they can help you with technology for event, ser- event services like trade shows, conventions, uh, whatever, whatever you've got going on. They really do it all. So check out their website, cusetech.com. That's cusetech.com. All right, and with that, let's get on to football. I'm going to give you guys my pick for every NFL game this week. Uh, why? Because it's fun, but also because my 2017 record for picking NFL games against the spread is now 48 wins, 30 losses, 3 pushes. That's a winning percentage of 61%, which is pretty darn good. Who knows, maybe my luck will run out this week, but I'll try to keep that good number going for you. So let's start with Thursday Night Football. NFL Thursday Night Football, it hasn't been as bad this year as some of the recent years. Certain weeks are, of course, better than others, but we've had some decent games. Tonight's edition may not be one of those games. Seattle goes to Arizona for an NFC West matchup that was really good two or three years ago, but not so much anymore. Uh, Arizona's kind of a mess. Seattle's the same old Seahawks, which is good sometimes and not so great other times, like last week when they lost at home to the Redskins. They were a huge favorite and lost outright. That's bothered me about the Seahawks for a couple years now. I think they've become a flip-the-switch team where they have that mindset that they're better than 75 or 80 or even 90% of the teams on their schedule so they don't take each opponent seriously, and then sometimes they get knocked off, which sucks if, say, you took Seattle as a high pick in your confidence pool last week or maybe you even took them in a survivor pool and they really let you down. So what about this week, going to Phoenix? Um, Let me give you an interesting stat. The last eight times that Seattle lost a game as a favorite, that's what they did last week, they respond uh, 6-1-1 against the spread the following week. So they do bounce back, which I think has a lot to do with why they stay in this mindset. Um, They lose a game they shouldn't lose, they come back strong, but then eventually they let up again. But this week against the Cardinals, you'd expect them to play well if that trend continues. Also, it's the short week, and the Seahawks have Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, and a veteran defense. The Cardinals have a backup quarterback, and they're relying on a very old Adrian Peterson a little too much. Uh, He's older for a running back now, so the short week may be tough for him. 
I like the Seahawks to bottle up Peterson, force Drew Stanton, the backup quarterback, to beat them. And I'll take Seattle every day in that matchup. And so are most of you because this line was Seattle minus six for most of the week, but now Seattle's up to a seven-point favorite. Uh, I'll still take Seattle at a touchdown. If it gets much more than that, like eight or eight and a half by kickoff, then I'd go Arizona. Uh, and the podcast will be out for a few hours before the game tonight, so hopefully that's helpful for you guys. This game will be interesting to see if we get the typical Seattle bounce-back effort that I was describing and that statistically the last several times they've been in this spot they give us. Uh, I also want to see how the offense plays. They almost doubled up Washington in yards gained from scrimmage last week, but somehow blew that game. Stupid penalties, missed field goals, you name it, and, and they did it. So let's see if they can move the ball and actually score some points on the Cardinals tonight. Certainly if they get up early, uh, I, I like their chances a lot. So, so that's my pick. Um, next up, those pesky Redskins that beat Seattle last week. They're back home and hosting the Vikings in a pick'em game. So all you have to do is pick the winner since Vegas says this game is that close. This is a game to obviously avoid for things like survivor pools. It should be a low-confidence pick for confidence pools. Washington is still pretty banged up. Um, Not that Minnesota hasn't had their own injury problems. They're playing Case Keenum at quarterback. But the Vikings are pretty good on defense. They're especially good at defending the run. And Washington has struggled to find a run game all season. So I think it's safe to say they, they won't get it going against the Vikings on Sunday. And that predictability is bad for the Redskins. I think the Vikings will game plan for Cousins and the Redskins and their pass game and play it really well. Plus, I generally go with a stronger defense in these defense versus offensive matchups. The Vikings aren't exactly explosive on offense, so they won't win big, and that's why I said stay away from this game for things like survivor pools, but I like the Vikings to, to win in the pick round. Now let's talk about Green Bay and Chicago. So who would have thought in August that Green Bay would be getting six points in Chicago? But here we are. The Packers are a mess without Aaron Rodgers, and the Bears are actually playing competitively in their games now for me this is what I would classify as a stay away game I don't know how anyone could have confidence in Green Bay right now and despite Chicago playing okay I don't feel comfortable predicting the Bears to cover essentially a full touchdown the Bears have scored more than 20 points only twice all year so so let's say they go for 20 you know do they contain Green Bay to 14 or less Um, so the Bears are in these close ugly games Will they explode here? I don't know. They've had a, a bye week to get ready. but And the def- uh, the Green Bay defense isn't great, but the Bears also start rookie co- quarterback Mitchell Trubisky. He's completing less than 50% of his passes this year, and he's only thrown the ball 80 times. So they've been really, really conservative with him. Green Bay's coming in, and John Fox knows that Chicago should win this game. So I'm predicting there's con- the Bears to be as conservative as ever. They just want to win. They don't care if it's a 10-6 to final score. So I have to pick a, if I have to pick a side here, I'll go with Green Bay getting six. Now, if it gets down to about four, then I'd take Chicago. If it goes up beyond a touchdown, like let's say it kick off at seven and a half, then I like Green Bay. It's a tough call, though. Um, at six right now, I'll, I'll take the Packers. Check out the website this weekend to see what Kimberly Ann Maley has to say, by the way. I'm interested to see how her typical Packers optimism <laughs> plays out after that Detroit game. We were recording the college show on Monday night, and, and we had to wrap it up so she could get home and watch Green Bay, and uh, that didn't go so well. So we'll see what she has to say. Uh, that'll be on uh, thefootballpod.com. All right, next up is Pittsburgh at Indianapolis. This is an 11-and-a-half-point line. 
I know that's gigantic, but I like Pittsburgh. Here's the deal with the Colts. They're really bad right now. I know they won a game last week, but it was the Deshaun Watson-less Texans, so I don't know exactly how much we can take away from that. The only other times the Colts won this year, they beat the winless Browns and the winless 49ers. And that kind of sucks for the Colts in this no Andrew Luck year. When they should be tanking for a draft pick, they got the only teams worse than them on the schedule. So they're 3-6, and six, but probably should be about 1-8. and eight. And now they have the Steelers coming to town. Which, did you know, these teams have played four times recently, and Andrew Luck has missed three of those four games. So the Steelers are, are used to dominating here. They've beaten the Colts by big margins the last three years, no matter who was playing quarterback for Indy. These teams played e each of the last three seasons, actually, and the Steelers have won by 17, 35, and then 21 last year. Last year, I think, was that awful uh, Thanksgiving night game. So I expect more of the same. Pittsburgh defense continues to get better. I wrote about that on the website, put some stats out there. I wish their offense would show us some more explosion, but the defense has been really good. So if Indy can't score, I don't know how they stay in this game. And now that I think about it, Juju Smith-Schuster had that awesome 90-something yard touchdown last time the Steelers played. He, he keeps getting better, so maybe the Steelers will put up some points on Sunday. It's tough to swallow that many points, but I say do it. I just don't see how the Colts can stay within two touchdowns. All right, we'll stay in the AFC. We've got the Chargers coming from L.A. to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars favored by three and a half points at home. Jaguars defense is really legit. They've given up seven points combined in their last two, two games against bad teams, but still only seven points combined in the last two games. They play pretty well against good teams, too. Uh, remember, they, they went to, to Pittsburgh and won earlier this year. And L.A. is somewhere in between. They started slow this year, but then they've been better. I think one three out of their last four. So I wish this was only a three-point line. You guys know I either love or hate the stupid half points that always draw me in. Normally I'm a sucker and try to take advantage of the half, so I'd go – I a lot of times I'd go L.A. here getting the extra half point. Um, but I'm going to not do that this week. I'm going to say take the Jaguars to cover at home. A couple interesting things here. I thought they'd miss Leonard Fournette last week when he was on some sort of suspension but they won easy without him. So I'm hoping he watched them win without him, and he's anxious and motivated to get back out there. And also he's a running back that carries the ball a lot for them. And running backs take, you know, whether you guys know this or not, running backs take, they take a beating all season long. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise that he got an, an extra bye week, essentially. Uh, I know it's scary to say take Blake Bortles as a favorite, but let's do it. Jags to cover. Uh, again, it's three and a half right now. Uh, if you don't do anything with it until Sunday, you may have to look at that and, and make sure it hasn't moved and, and adjust accordingly. But I like it at three and a half. Okay, next up is a fun line. And I say fun because it's been moving today. Right now the Jets are one-point road favorites at Tampa. Tampa's been a mess this year, and now they'll go with their backup quarterback and former Jet, Ryan Fitzpatrick. So if you haven't been on the website yet this week, check it out. Greg Armstrong from TurnOnTheJets.com writes a Jets preview for us every week. And we caught up with him this week in between his very busy travels. He was at the Jets-Bills game in New Jersey last week. He's on his way down to Tampa for the Jets-Buccaneers this week. But we got a little bit of his time in between yesterday to tell us what he expects in this game. I won't paraphrase everything Greg had to say because he covers the Jets professionally and knows the team obviously so much better than I do. But I will tell you this, Greg is 9-0 picking the Jets game against the spread this year. That is so good, it's just ridiculous. 
Uh, this week, that, that, now that doesn't mean he takes the Jets every week. That means he picks whether the Jets will cover or not. And this week he liked the Jets to cover uh, a two-and-a-half-point line. And I mentioned earlier it was moving. And right before I started recording, Thursday afternoon, it's down to Jets minus one. I think he'd obviously like it even more at minus one if he took it at minus two-and-a-half. So I will follow Greg on this one, take the Jets. Jets fans apparently hate Fitzpatrick, so hopefully uh, he doesn't have some sort of awesome revenge game on them. Um, and it's been moving, so again, keep your eye on it. If for some reason it got to Jets minus three and a half or four, that's where I'd think strongly about Tampa. But anything Jets minus a field goal, I'm, I'm going to go Jets. All right, Cincinnati goes to Nashville, and the Tennessee Titans are favored by four and a half. Younger fans may not know. These two are actually old AFC Central division rivals. That's when the Titans were still the Houston Oilers. You have to be old like me to remember those were some pretty good games, pretty heated rivalry. That's not the case anymore since they don't play every year. As for this game, both teams are really inconsistent this year. I thought the Bengals would at least be semi-competitive in their game in Jacksonville last week, and they lost badly. Tennessee doesn't have a, a defense like Jacksonville, but they're getting better. And you kind of knew they would under Dick LeBeau this year. Um, the Bengals are struggling on offense, so I like the Titans' advantage in that matchup. Titans are also 3-1 and one at home this year. They haven't lost in Nashville since the opener. So I'll go Titans to cover 4.5. Don't love it, but I like it better than depending on Cincinnati, who's very uh, unreliable this year. Okay, close to home for me. I'm in upstate New York, uh, not too far from Buffalo. The Bills host the New Orleans Saints this weekend, and right now it's Saints minus two and a half. I went around and around on this game as I thought about it the last couple days. I'll ultimately go Saints as long as it's less than a field goal. If it gets more than that, if people keep taking the Saints and then you can say get three and a half on the Bills, then I would go Buffalo. Because I do think the Bills have a nice home field advantage. Not sure what the weather's like there this weekend. Look into that if you if if that impacts the way you choose. Um, one thing to remember: this isn't the 2015-ish Saints that throw 400 yards every week and still lose. This Saints team is winning because they've fixed a lot of problems on defense and they have a couple good running backs playing really well. You guys know Mark Ingram, obviously, but also Alvin Kamara, the rookie from Tennessee. This is why I tell people to watch college football. Uh, then you would have known that Kamara was in store for a good season. Uh, under the right cir circumstances, which he certainly found in New Orleans, uh, especially after the Saints got rid of Peterson. So the Saints have this run-the-ball-plus-defense recipe that's working for them this year. They've won their last six games in a row. That's sort of the same recipe that the Bills want to use. I wrote on the website this week the Saints actually average a few more yards per game rushing than the Bills. Pretty crazy stat. If you've watched these teams the last couple of years, you, you would have expected that from the Bills, but not the Saints. So both want to run and play defense, but the Saints still have Drew Brees and the Bills have Tyrod Taylor. If you need a quarterback to win this game late, I will go with Brees. So Saints to cover, but like I said, keep an eye on that line in case it goes beyond two and a half. Um, it, it, it's that simple for me. Two and a half or better, uh, I'm on the Saints. If it gets to three and a half, you know, Bills getting three and a half at home, I would go Bills. For now, I say Saints. All right. Uh, speaking of Buffalo, we'll stay in the Rust Belt from Buffalo to Detroit. The Lions are hosting the Browns. Lions are interesting. They just won in Green Bay. I think it was only the second time in some crazy span, like the second time in 25 years. 
that they've won at Lambeau. But the point is with Rodgers out, don't both Detroit and Minnesota need to have good seasons, like playoff seasons? I say yes. Rodgers is so freaking good that the Lions and the Vikings must take advantage of this year when he's out. So the Lions can't afford to stumble against the lowly Browns. And I don't think they will, but <laughs> damn, 12 and a half points. That's a lot of faith in the Lions. Um, the good news is I think this Detroit team is generally pretty good against bad teams. In wins over the Cardinals, the Giants, and the Rodgersless Packers, the Lions won by 12, 14, and 13 points. So it's right at, you know, it's right at that spread for this game, 12 and a half. Um, but they should be about a two-touchdown, you know, at, at home. They should be about two touchdowns better than the Browns. And if you're going to watch this game, wouldn't you rather root for the Lions to pull away? Like if you have a couple Lions fantasy players, um, maybe you got Stafford. Wouldn't you rather just root for the Lions to pull away and cover than pray for the Browns to stay in the game? So I'll go Lions, even though it's a huge line. Uh, a few of them this week. Another 12.5-point line. Houston Texans, that's the Deshaun Watson-less Houston Texans, going to L.A. to meet up with the Rams. The Texans are a mess without Watson, and their defense isn't quite as good as it has been in recent years. So hard to see them that defense keeping them in this game. Um, I left this one off the games we pick on the website. I don't love the idea of those 12.5-point lines. But for you guys right now, I'll say take the Rams at home if you must. I consider this another stay-away game, but I'll take the Rams and their complete team, balanced offense. I love Todd Gurley and what they're doing with him this year. The development of Jared Goff. I, I just like them here if I have to choose. One thing I'll tell you I'm interested to see when the NFL Red Zone channel goes to this game is do the Rams get a good home crowd in L.A.? I, I hope so. I watched them destroy the Giants last week, and which – you know, take that with a grain of salt since the Giants have quit on their coach in their season. But still, um, listen to this. The Rams have scored. This is, this is crazy, especially if you still have the Jeff Fisher Rams in your head. Um, totally different team this year. The Rams have scored 121 points in their last three games, uh, all wins. Average margin of victory, 29 points. So if you want to take the Texans in this game, you better see something matchup-wise that you really like here. Um, I would say you stay away from this or take the Rams. Uh, I think you only cover on the Texans if this young Rams team has some sort of letdown, um, which is possible, but the numbers to me say, say go Rams here. Okay, Dallas getting two and a half points at Atlanta. The ongoing storyline here is the Ezekiel Elliott suspension. It's way too much of a mess for me to try and, and discuss that much. Um, but my general understanding is that it could the suspension could be back on. Um, it could be t this afternoon yet. It could be tomorrow morning. Um, the NFL said today that as soon as he finds out if, he, if the suspension's back on, then, uh, then he is uh, – he's it goes into effect immediately like he could be at practice whatever he's doing if it's anything team related he has to leave as soon as that news is delivered so here's where i go with this and you know this is so ridiculous because we, d we don't know but if you think he'll play i'd take dallas getting the two and a half points i don't think atlanta can beat dallas if that offense is rolling if you think the suspension will be upheld again <laughs> for now this week then I'd probably take Atlanta. 
And that's what I did on the website when we posted our picks last night. I think having Elliott in the lineup is about a field goal difference. And I think since last week he was a surprise to go for the game, I'm going to swing the other way this time in, in this never-ending saga and say they deny him this week. So I'll take Atlanta to cover a field goal at home. You guys keep an eye on this, though, and act accordingly. Um, I, I bet the line moves at least a little bit one way or another. All right, Giants at 49ers. Giants cover uh, favored, I should say, by 2.5 right now. This game just makes me mad, mad, sad, I don't know. I mentioned remembering the old AFC Central er, a minute ago, that Bengals-Oilers rivalry. Well, from that same era was uh, the Giants-49ers rivalry of the 80s. This is when I was first old enough to remember football, and the 49ers were absolutely the team of the decade. The Giants were really good, too. Uh, The Giants actually had to beat the team of the decade, 49ers, in both 1986 and 1990 en route to their Parcells-era Super Bowl championships. I wrote a quick history about uh, one of my quick history lessons about all of that on the website this week, so you can read it there. But like I said, this game makes me sad because uh, you hear those teams and it reminds me of Joe Montana versus Lawrence Taylor, but this weekend we'll get C.J. Beathard versus Ben McAdoo. Not not exactly the same. Um, You guys know how I feel about the Jerry (laughs) Reese-Ben McAdoo regime. These guys are completely incompetent. Um, So I'll, I'll be totally honest here. If I were picking this game with no bias at all towards Reese and McAdoo, I would take the 49ers. I'd say this is the perfect spot for Kyle Shanahan to get his first win. The 49ers are a mess, but at least we knew they'd be a mess. New coach, new GM, new era. Now they have a new quarterback, although I don't think Garoppolo will, will play yet. But So I'd expect the 49ers to play hard. I'd expect them to compete all year. The Giants quit last week, so who's to say they won't this week? They are such a disaster. But the only good thing that could happen to the Giants this year is for them to lose to lose out and get a good pick for, for hopefully a new GM to use next year. I say they'll screw that up by actually winning this game. Eli will play well. John, you know, It'll be like one of his three good games this year, and everyone will say that he's fine. Giants defense will play well against a bad 49 and limited 49ers offense. And then lots of smiles and Jerry Reese and McAdoo high-fiving. And uh, even though the Giants are still a joke, they'll win and it'll just cost them in the draft. And then they'll go back to losing next week. Okay, let's move on to Sunday night football. The Patriots go to Denver and they're favored to beat the the home team Broncos by eight and a half. Uh, If you want to take the Patriots, I don't blame you. There's every statistical statistical reason to do that. So I get taking New England. It's the Patriots with Brady and Belichick off a bye against the Broncos who are uh, <laughs> coming undone. But listen to this. Uh, did you know that since 2011, the Patriots are actually only 3-3 three and three off their bye week, and now they have to go play at night in Denver? which teams sometimes start slow in Denver anyway with the altitude change. It's a tough place to play. So watch out for that. Plus, and I wrote about this on the website this week, Denver's a very proud team, a proud franchise, very proud championship-winning players, especially on that defense. They were embarrassed in Philly last week. So what better time to come out and try to get that game behind them than on Sunday Night Football against the world champs? I will be shocked if we don't get Denver's best effort on Sunday night. 
this is a professional franchise. And when I say that, I don't mean professional like Tampa or Cincinnati, just that, that they're in the league. I mean a franchise that you think of like New England, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, uh, the Giants before the uh, Reese McAdoo era. You know, generally well-run, proud, and not willing to just roll over and die. So I think eight and a half points is way too much. I'll go Denver. That being said, if the public agrees and you see this come down to a touchdown or less, let's say it's six and a half points at kickoff, that's a good time to jump on New England. So you guys know how I feel about that. You should be watching these and make your pick pool picks. You know, typically if you're in a picks pool or a confidence pool, it's based on, um, you know, it's based on what the line looks like on a Monday or Tuesday. If you are uh, hanging out, if you're if you're uh, fortunate enough to be uh, in Las Vegas and hanging out at Mandalay Bay for the weekend, that's where you could play it one way uh, on Thursday or Friday, and then play it another way on on Sunday night um, if it's moved. And that's called trying to hit both or trying to middle uh, I- if you have it going both ways. All right, one more Monday night football. The Dolphins that have somehow won four games this year go to Carolina. The line is Panthers minus 10. That's way too high. Um, Look, I've been writing good things about Carolina most of the year. I like their defense, and when they've got a healthy Luke Kuechly, I love their defense. The Dolphins seem to be the same old dysfunctional Dolphins. But 10 points here is just way too much. Carolina's having a good season. They're 6-3. and but they, blo- they don't blow teams out. Six and three is a nice record, but their point differential, that's how many more points have they scored for the entire season than their opponents, is only plus nine. So think about it. In nine games, they're only, on average, a point better than their, their opposition. Now, you could say that an average number there is hard to tell because what if there were big wins, big losses, whatever? We need more of a median type of number. Okay, so let's look at the range. They have two big wins this year. They beat the winless 49ers by 20 and the hopeless Buccaneers by 14. But the rest of their wins, try six points over Buffalo, three over New England, three over Detroit, three over Atlanta last week. So the middle, that you know, a median number you're looking for is, is, is single digits. <laughs> um, it's more who the Panthers are, winning games 20 to 17 rather than by double digits. They have too many offensive limitations still for me to like them minus 10, and that's why I like the Dolphins in that spot. And I kind of wrote about how the Panthers are winning on the website, so check that out. They're leading the league in time of possession. So that's good, and and it helps their defense, but their tempo, their style of play, I just don't think it generally lends to big, big, big wins. All right, there's also four teams on bye this week. In case you were wondering why I forgot someone, those are Baltimore, Kansas City, Oakland. Kansas City's on bye. That's why uh, Jeremy DeBot is not writing anything special about the Chiefs on the website this week. And Chiefs Chiefs could use the bye, I guess. They they have uh, started started well, kind of the typical Alex Smith start, and we're about to find out uh, a lot about them when they come come back after the bye. But Baltimore Ravens, Kansas City Chiefs, Oakland Raiders and Philadelphia, the Eagles. Those are those are on by. Um, I've been accused of becoming an Eagles fan this year. Yes, I picked them to win the NFC East back in August. I'm very uh, happy with that, only because uh, I knew how bad th- this Giants season was going to go, and I just had to hear hear it from fellow Giants fans 
throughout the summer and, and into the start of the season. Um, so it's not I told you so, but I told you so. You, we saw this coming. Been writing about it for a while. Doesn't mean I'm an Eagles fan. Just like the way they built their team. Uh, hopefully the Giants can learn something uh, since they are clearly in a cellar in that division. All right, guys. Hopefully the shortest podcast in the history of thefootballpod.com was worthwhile. You can come back to the website if you want to read more about why I like certain teams this week. Uh, I don't. I, I didn't write about every single game on the website, which is why I did the podcast. But the ones that I did pick, which there's about 10, 10 11 games that, that we picked for the website, lots of information. Plus, we've got Greg Armstrong writing about the Jets, Rick York talking Cowboys, and Kimberly Ann Maley writing about life post Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Uh, we've also got our college picks posted. It's a huge college football weekend, so make sure to check out our picks there, too. Uh, if you didn't listen to our college show on Monday night, I highly encourage you to check that out. Kim and I had Kevin Conboy in studio with us. He's really our go-to guy for intelligent college football conversations since he played college football. He just has a knack for converting all of the knowledge and experiences in his head to football conversations for everyone to appreciate. So check that out. And then come back next week when my normal co-host, Kimberly Ann, is back with me to break down the weekend in both the NFL and college. That is it for now. Have a great November weekend, and thank God it's football season.